are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Locked On Big Ten Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. It is Monday, January 4th. It is the first edition of the Locked On Big Ten Podcast in the year 2021. And today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. As this is our first show of the new year, a very happy new year to everybody, and a very happy new year to my guest on today's podcast is Dan Hope. He is a senior reporter for 11 Warriors who was at the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans this past Friday to see Ohio State's dominant victory over the Clemson Tigers to advance to the national title. So Dan is the perfect person to recap all of it for the Buckeyes' big win in the Sugar Bowl on New Year's Day. Dan, glad to have you here. It is an honor to have somebody who had boots on the ground for Friday's win for Ohio State. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure joining you, Ben. So, Dan, there was a lot to like about Ohio State's 49-28 to dominant victory over Clemson. But what was one thing that stood out to you most, that impressed you the most about what Ohio State did on New Year's Day? I mean, can I start anywhere but Justin Fields? I mean, Please. to have the performance that he did, uh, to, to, to have six touchdowns, uh, to, to get hurt in the second quarter of a game, and for to, to, to sit there and wonder, is he even going to be able to finish this game? And then for him to just continue throwing strikes, to, to, to play the way that he did uh, for four quarters, you know, I mean, we, we already knew he was special, but, you know, we had seen him have a couple rough games this year in big games. And, you know, I think there were some questions about him, you know, coming in just, you know, would he be able to return to form? You know, would Clemson be able to make him uncomfortable? And he, and he had, you know, the best performance of his career, a, a career-defining performance. You know, I, I thought Ohio State, you know, played, played a great game all the way around. But for Justin Fields to have that kind of game, you know, that's the kind of game that cements your legacy as one of the best players in Ohio State history. So let's dive into Justin Fields a little bit more. 22 of 28 on Friday night, 385 yards through the air, a Sugar Bowl record, six touchdown passes. But Dan, as you mentioned, coming off two performances in his most recent three games of the Big Ten title versus Northwestern, the Indiana game now over a month ago where he threw three interceptions that a lot of people were questioning, hey, what's wrong with Justin Fields? This is not the guy we have come to expect. In your mind, how did he turn things around to be so successful against a very good Clemson team? Well, you, you know what? I think, you know, he, he just seemed like he was just in a different zone from the beginning of that game. And Ryan Day had talked about it. He had a different edge the last couple of weeks. He didn't like what people were saying about him after the Northwestern game. And, you know, I mean, you could even see that during the week when we talked to Justin Fields. Like, he was just in a different mood than I had ever seen from him before. Like, you could just tell, like, something was bothering him. And, and he said it. He said, I prepared for this game like I've never prepared before. And it showed. I mean, he, he, just, he just looked locked in all night. You know, I, I was a little surprised by, by Clemson and that I, they didn't blitz him as much as I would have thought they would. You, you would have thought the way he had struggled against the blitz in some of those games he struggled in, I would have thought Brent Venables would have begun going all out against him all night. But that's not what Clemson did. It, and really, Justin Fields picked him apart. I mean, he, he looked comfortable. He got good pass protection. But, you know, some of the passes that he threw, I mean, you know, I think back to, you know, the 56-yarder to Chris Olave. I mean, that's just a perfect ball. That, that's the kind of ball that if you're the New York Jets watching that game, <laughs> you should be thinking, we want to take this guy with a number two overall pick because uh, that was a special performance. And when you have that kind of special performance on the big stage, but that's the kind of performance that makes your legacy. 
maybe the New York Jets, maybe even the Jacksonville Jaguars, looking at how he competed against Trevor Lawrence. Six incompletions on Friday night, six touchdowns for Justin Fields. He also did it through what was an apparent right side body injury. People were estimating, could it be broken ribs? What did you make of just his resilience to get out there and to have that type of performance dealing with what injuries he was? Well, I tweeted during the game. I mean, there's so many good things you can say about Justin Fields. I mean, he obviously is tremendous physical gifts. He's, you know, he's a really smart quarterback, does so many different things well. But the one thing I say about Justin Fields above all else is you cannot question his toughness because we've seen it before. I mean, we saw it in the Michigan game last year where he hurt his knee and he comes back in nine plays later and he, and he throws a touchdown to Garrett Wilson on his first play back in the game. And we saw it again on Friday. He missed just one play after taking you know a, a brutal hit. I mean, he was clearly in pain. Comes right back in, throws a touchdown to Chris Olave on his first play in the game. He is so tough. I mean, we've we, we've seen it before. But I mean, he, he'll take a hard hit, and he just gets right back up. And, you know, his teammates and Ryan Day talked about it after the game, but he came up field, and he said, I'm not coming out of this game. That That's the kind of competitor he is. So that's the biggest compliment I can give Justin Fields is that if there's one thing you can just not question about this guy – it is his toughness. It is his competitiveness. The, the guy loves the game of football. He wants to win. And if you're going to take him out of a game, you better hit him pretty hard. Now, I know we're still a week away from the national championship game, but any early discussion yet about the lingering impact that injury from Friday night's game will have for Justin Fields as they get ready to face Alabama? Yeah, I think we'll find it a little bit more maybe on Monday afternoon because he is scheduled to meet with the media then. You know, I'm sure he's not going to get into too many details about – uh, his injury, but, you know, maybe he'll, you know, kind of tell us at least how he's feeling, you know, and I would imagine he's probably pretty sore uh, yeah. a couple of days after that injury. So, you know, it might just kind of depend on the next week, uh, you know, how, how that recovers, you know, how well he's feeling, but, you know, like I said, the guy's a competitor. I, I have no doubt that, you know, he, he's going to be out there, even if he's still hurting. And, you, you know, I mean, obviously you never know, you know, these things, you know, tighten up and whatnot, maybe, you know, affects his ability to throw a little bit, you know, I'd imagine if he's hurting, you know, maybe that limits what he can do as a runner. Um, so maybe you have to change your game plan a little bit to, to account for that. But, uh, you know, I, I, I know that guy playing in a national championship game, whatever he can do, he's going to go out there and do it. The toughness, the athletic ability, also the smarts. After the Sugar Bowl, Tom Rinaldi asked him on the ESPN postgame interview, what would your statement be to anybody that might think this is the 11th best team in the country? And Justin Fields just smiled and said, I'm not really going to delve into that too much. So a smart guy, a very high football IQ as well for Ohio State signal caller. Now let's talk about Justin Fields' running mate in the backfield, Trey Sermon, who has been so impressive here down the stretch for Ohio State. In the Sugar Bowl, 31 carries, 193 yards and a touchdown, 61 yards in the passing game as well. Trey Sermon is averaging nine yards per carry over these three recent contests for the Ohio State Buckeyes. It's a very different position than he was in early on in this Big Ten season. What is the key to his emergence, Dan Hope, in your mind, that has allowed Trey Sermon to be so successful? You know, it feels kind of cliche, but I really do think it's his confidence. I think, you know, this is a guy who, you know, he didn't have a lot of practice time leading into the season. You know, he comes in in the summer in a very weird year of COVID. He's got to deal with all that while getting used to a new offense, playing with new teammates. And I think you could see his first few games of the year, he was kind of tentative, didn't always look like he knew where he was going, wasn't really anticipating the holes that were going to open up. And I think just as he's had the opportunity to play with these guys more and more, he's just gotten more and more comfortable. You know, I think 
Um, you know, the Indiana game, late in the game, he converts a key first down. You know, that maybe gives him a confidence boost. Then the Michigan State game, we see him finally break a couple big runs. That gives him another confidence boost. And now we've just seen it the last two games. You know, he's just been on an absolute roll. And of course, you got to give credit to the offensive line, the tight ends, everyone blocking up front from as well, because I think they've really hit their stride as well in terms of being a dominant run blocking unit. And I think all the pieces are just really fitting together there the way that people hoped they would going into the season. Trey Sermon has 524 yards in his last two games on the ground. He had 344 in the first five for Ohio State this year. That's almost 200 more in the two biggest games for Ohio State this season in the Big Ten title game. And then, of course, in the Sugar Bowl in the CFP semifinal over Clemson. So as we continue our conversation with Dan Hope of 11 Warriors, we will get to Ohio State in the national title game a week from today against the Alabama Crimson Tide. And as we know, we are ready for some football here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Only one more college football game this season, and it comes on Monday night, and we are ready for that huge matchup. The NFL regular season also finished up yesterday, and the playoff picture is now set. And there is only one place that has you covered for all of it, and one place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And that one place is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N for your 50% welcome bonus. Some great NFL playoff games next weekend. Super wild card weekend is what they're calling it. Three games on both Saturday and Sunday, and that leads in perfectly to Monday night in the national championship game between Ohio State and Alabama. As it stands right now, our friends at betonline.ag see at the Crimson Tide, an eight-point favorite. The over-under total is whopping. It is historic categories, folks. It is 75 total points. Could it be the over? The 49-28 score between Ohio State and Clemson would have been that over. So maybe, or right on the number, right? Yeah, I'm doing my quick math. No, it would have been over. Yeah, it would have been over. 77. Anyway, that's quick math as I'm doing it. You don't need to do the quick math because betonline.ag has it all for you, set out and ready to go. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code Locked On L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. This is the first episode of the year 2021 on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. We are only looking forward now. We are in the thick of Big Ten basketball season. And of course, a week from today, a new calendar year should start with a national championship within the Big Ten Conference, Ohio State and Alabama. And thankfully, 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start, a few more wins, and a few more bounds of cash in your pocket. If you're betting this year and want more wins, make sure to listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling 
gambling of Paramount Sports. He has like three decades of experience, Lee does, in terms of sports gambling and sports betting. He is one of the brightest minds across all of it. They are picking college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcast. They give you great information every day. We do the same here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. Some great information about Ohio State heading into the national title with Dan Hope rolls on. Now, the defense did give up 400 passing yards to Trevor Lawrence, and the secondary did look shaky at time, but they definitely limited Travis Etienne, one of the best backs in the country, only 32 yards on Friday night on New Year's Day. What did you like out the, the other side of the ball on the defensive side for Ohio State? Well, I think you got to start with the defensive line. So I think the defensive line just had a phenomenal game. In Ohio State on Sunday night, they named their defensive player of a game, and they named all four defensive linemen as their defensive players of a game. And I think that's completely well-deserved because I think all four of those guys, Haskell Garrett and Tommy Togiai inside, Jonathan Cooper and Tyreek Smith, I think they had a fantastic game. They were putting pressure on Trevor Lawrence all night. And like you said, they bottled up that running game, limiting Clemson to just two yards per carry. So, you know, I think that was, you know, one of the things that I felt was a really big key going into the game was could Ohio State dominate both lines of scrimmage? And I think that's what they absolutely did. You know, and then, you know, behind them, you know, I think the, the big key for Ohio State was that they didn't let it become a disaster. They didn't give up as many home run plays as they did in that Indiana game. We knew Trevor Lawrence was going to make some plays against this Ohio State defense. Trevor Lawrence is too good, and this Ohio State secondary isn't good enough that Ohio State was going to just bottle up Clemson all night. But they still they held Clemson to 28 points, which is the least points they've scored all year. And they were good enough. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you, you, the, the big thing is when you have an offense that's clicking like you have with Justin Fields and Trey Sermon and everything going that well on that side of the ball, you don't want it to go to a waste because your defense can't make stops. And, and, and Ohio State's defense did. So I think you got to give those guys a lot of credit. It, it was a tough matchup. They're going to have a maybe even tougher one coming up <laughs> in Alabama. But, you know, all in all, they did what they needed to do to win the game. And, you know, truthfully, I think for a lot of us who weren't sure if Ohio State could win, it was because we didn't know if Ohio State's defense could do enough to win the game. So mission accomplished. Compliments to that front four as well in terms of limiting Trevor Lawrence on the ground. He had over 100 yards in last year's CFP semifinal, of course, when Clemson won that game. So a big job by that front four and really the front seven. Justin Hilliard, by the way, Dan Hope, has really impressed me, both in his performance in the Big Ten title game and again in the Sugar Bowl. How much has he stepped up for that defense? Oh, huge. I mean, he's been great the last two games. And I mean, what a great story. You know, a guy who's in his sixth year at Ohio State, a guy who was a five-star recruit in t- all the way back in 2015 and oh, had so many injuries. Uh, you know, you, you, you really, you know, I think obviously after those first couple of years, you had to wonder, are we just ever going to see Justin feel uh, Justin Hilliard, excuse me, become the kind of player he was recruited to be. And it's taken a long time, but these last couple of games, we've finally seen why this guy was once a five-star recruit because he's playing the best football of his Ohio state career. And I think he's legitimizing himself as an NFL prospect down the stretch here. So those are some of the X's and O's of our recap of the Sugar Bowl. Dan Hope joining me here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast, a senior reporter for 11 Warriors. Dan, now let's look a little bit bigger picture because heading into the Sugar Bowl game, into the college football playoff, a lot of people questioned, should Ohio State even be deserving of a spot in the Final Four? Was there validity to a 6-0 Big Ten team playing in the college football playoff semifinal? In my opinion, I think Ohio State proved they are a top four team in the country, now the top two teams in the country. What do you think Ohio State's performance against Clemson on Friday night proved to the rest of the country. Yeah, I mean, I think it absolutely proved that Ohio State belonged in the college football playoff. I think it 
absolutely prove if a college football playoff committee was right and putting them as the number three seed in the playoff because is there any other team that's not in the playoff that could have done what Ohio State did on Friday night? I certainly don't think so. So I think they absolutely proved they belong there. And sure, you know, there's there's going to be people out there who are going to say, oh, well, Ohio State's fresher, or, you know, oh, you know, they didn't have to get, overcome as much to get to this point. But you know, here's the way I see it. If Ohio State can pull this thing off, if Ohio State can beat Clemson and Alabama in back-to-back games, there should be no question that they deserve it. Absolutely. I I love that argument too, Dan, that you just brought up right there. And I had a lot of people say this to me on Twitter on Friday night. Well, they only played six games. They're fresher. They didn't have to worry about any of this attrition. Ohio State went into the game without 12 key players across that roster. We saw them struggle with the numbers they needed for the Big Ten championship game. Some really key starters on both sides of the ball. So don't give me the whole attrition thing. At this point of the season, you're going to be as fresh as you can be heading in to the CFP semifinal. It really just blows my mind the argument that because Ohio State only played six games, they're fresher in my mind that's a knock against them because they don't have the game experience to work through some of the kinks that teams would throughout an entire duration of a college football season I agree I mean that's the way I saw it all along and sure like now you wonder like okay maybe was there a little bit advantage because Ohio State looked so good but to be honest I really don't think so I mean I really think Ohio State just played a better football game I think Ohio State went in with a better game plan I think I think Clemson got outplayed and I think Clemson got outcoached. And I don't think that's because Ohio state had less games before this. I think it's just that, you know, Ohio state did a better job when it, when it needed to the most. And so, you know, I think, you know, making excuses about, well, you know, they played less games. I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to show up, you've got to go in and and play the game that's out there in front of you. Uh, You know, Clemson didn't play well enough and Ohio state did. So that's that. Very well said. And Ohio State has been wanting the rematch against the Tigers. They had certainly circled it on their calendar. I think they went in very well prepared. Another question just about the Big Ten Conference in general, because we heard it in the broadcast during the Sugar Bowl. It's been a narrative that's been following along the entire Big Ten Conference all year long. It's been a down year for the league. Only Ohio State is really the team that you could point at that say, hey, they're good. They're 6-0. and But even that's not great. But when you look at Ohio State's recent performances against the likes of Indiana, against the likes of Northwestern, that really challenged the Buckeyes. In your mind, Dan, what does that say about the league overall in terms of where it sits in the college football playoff picture? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think you know, it, it does. I mean, I think, it, I think it shows that those were two quality teams. I mean, obviously, Indiana, you know, didn't have a performance it wanted to in the bowl game. But, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it shows, you know, the fact that those teams, you know, played closer games against Ohio state than Clemson gave Ohio state more trouble than Clemson. I think shows that those are quality teams and sure, you know, saying some of the other teams in the league couldn't, but you know, I'm, you know, I think, I think that is a good sign, you know, for the big 10 and, you know, it's so hard because I think, you know, everybody wants to make evaluations based on, you know, overall bowl records and what that says about a conference. And I think a lot of that's misleading because, you know, not every bowl game is a college ball playoff game. So many games have, opt-outs and different extenuating circumstances and and such so i think that makes it difficult but you know the, the big thing is for the big 10 right now is, is you've got a team playing for the national championship and if ohio state finds a way to pull it off then that's really all the big 10 is going to need to be able to brag on its conference 
print those banners, Dan Hope. Print those banners. We have a team playing in the national championship game against Alabama. You could look back to the Rutgers game against Ohio State when the Scarlet Knights outscored the Buckeyes in that second half. In my mind, I think that speaks to the depth of the conference overall, that you even have teams like Rutgers that aren't a pushover anymore. And when people attack the Big Ten, it just makes me angry. But Dan Hope is right. Ohio State, the beacon of the Big Ten conference in the national championship game against Alabama. It is a new year. We are taking care of ourselves in the year 2021. If you're like me, you didn't really eat all that great throughout the holiday season, starting back really on Thanksgiving, but through Christmas time and then into the new year, you were enjoying the holiday treats. But now we got to focus on ourselves here in 2021. And the place I turn to for that, a great start to this new year is Built Bar because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. But I don't have to sacrifice on the taste because Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Each and every time I'm eating it, I feel like I'm eating dessert on that Christmas table going through and having flavors like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, German chocolate, salted caramel. All of it is so good when it comes to Built Bar, and the improved Built Bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, all of them covered in a 100% chocolate. They are soft, and they are easy to chew, and they are also very, very healthy for you, so you don't have to feel bad about what you're eating, even though it tastes incredible. Built Bar is perfect for losing or maintaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber. They are the perfect place to start this new year of 2021. If you want to focus on your fitness and your health, Built Bar is right there by your side. And it's even better when you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. So this is Monday, January 4th of 2021, the first episode of the Locked On Big Ten podcast in this new year. Tomorrow is Tuesday, and although it's a new year, we do the same thing we do every Tuesday here on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. It is our State of the Program episode. One final show, specifically diving into football, looking back on the 2020 Big Ten football season, and we are talking about the State of Indiana football. Our IU football expert, I hope, Jack Grossman, will be joining us for that conversation going back over this historic year for the Hoosiers. It wasn't a great ending, but letting people know the sky is not falling in Bloomington, Indiana, as long as Tom Allen is at the helm of that Hoosiers program. Our State of the Program episode coming up tomorrow on Tuesday, but still our conversation with Dan Hope, that rolls on. So it's still a week away. There's still so much that we have to discuss, but what are some of the early storylines that you are keying on for this matchup against the Crimson Tide on January 11th? Well, I think certainly, you know, Ohio State's pass defense is going to be in the microscope here once again because you're going against uh, Devontae Smith, who's probably going to win the Heisman Trophy on Tuesday. And if he doesn't, then it's probably going to be Mac Jones' quarterback. So uh, I think it's going to be an enormous test once again for the Ohio State defense. Of course, you also add in the best running back in the country in Najee Harris. So mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, I think for Ohio State's defense, it's going to be an even bigger test than Clemson. And we've got to see uh, once again. I mean, again, I, I don't think Ohio State's going to be able to shut down Alabama by any means. But can it be good enough? Because I do think uh, you look at Alabama's defense. They've had a couple games this year against Ole Miss and against Florida where it showed you can score on this Alabama de- defense. And only the best offenses have scored on it, but Ohio State is one of the best offense. They proved that on Friday. So I think Ohio State can score points in this game. I think if if, if Justin Fields keeps playing the way he did on Friday, if the running game can keep rolling, I think Ohio State can put up points. And then it's really just going to come down to, you know, can the defense – uh, be good enough and can Ohio State continue to to execute and not make mistakes because I think that was another big key uh, in the Sugar Bowl is is Ohio State 
you know, they, they, in eight drive, eight drives where they got across midfield, they scored touchdowns on seven of them. They had one interception in the red zone, but other than that, they really didn't make mistakes in this game. They didn't give Clemson short fields. You know, that was their only turnover. Uh, they didn't make errors on special teams. You know, they had a really clean game in all phases and executed really well. And I think that's what you're going to have to do again if you're going to beat a Nick Saban team. I think a lot of people said for Ohio State heading into the Sugar Bowl against Clemson that they would have to put out a performance that we haven't seen this year. It would have to be the best of Ohio State. That will have to be the case a week from today in the national title game against Alabama. But I like Ohio State in these circumstances. When they need to play their best, they generally do. Now, Dan Hope, I'm not going to ask you to make a pick here, but as our friends at betonline.ag see it right now, the Crimson Tide, an eight-point favorite, that over-under total is at record-setting territory at 75 points. What do you think about just the game flow and how everybody is processing this as we look ahead to that national title game in a week? Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that Alabama has been installed as the favorite, but boy, evidence would sure suggest that's right where Ohio State wants to be because, uh, you know, we've seen it. With, we saw it throughout the Urban Meyer era, and now we certainly saw it on Friday night. That this team really thrives when people are picking against them. It, it, you know, they can say they don't need any extra motivation, but by the fact that half the team went on Twitter to talk about being ranked 11th after the game. That tells you right there, uh, it does mean something. It gives these guys an extra chip on their shoulder. And I guarantee you that Ryan Day and his staff have made sure every player knows that they're all picking against you again. They all think Alabama is going to beat you again. So I think that plays right into the Buckeyes' hands. Uh, it's just going to give them that much more motivation. You know, I, I, I think – I get, I get kind of a vibe like I did in 2014 with this team where I think this team, it's got that chip on its shoulder and they've got, they've, they've got things rolling at the right time. And I think, you know, you've got that kind of Ohio against the world mentality. You know, we saw it against Alabama six years ago and we saw it against Clemson on Friday night. And I think they're going to take that same mentality into this game a week from now. And we'll see if they can keep it rolling. Dan Hope, when they embrace that mentality, generally good things happen. When they played Alabama most recently in the college football playoff, it was a semifinal game, but it was on the way to Ohio State winning a national title in the 2014-2015 season. Now, they might be having these same exact desires against Alabama in about a week from now in the national title game. My favorite part about Friday night as well was watching all the former recent Ohio State players chiming in on Twitter as well. Terry McLaurin, J.K. Dobbins, 11th, 11th. I really love that. It was a lot of fun. And Dan Hope, who was right there in New Orleans for all of it, following along with Ohio State as he does all football season long, the senior reporter for 11 Warriors on this podcast, bringing us the expert analysis and insight, recapping the Sugar Bowl against Clemson and an early look ahead to the national title against Alabama. Dan, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. So many thanks again to my guy, Dan Hope, for coming on today's episode. Dan is a senior reporter for 11 Warriors, as I mentioned, that has some of the best coverage of all things Ohio State across the entire internet. Dan provided that expert insight you can expect from 11 Warriors on today's episode. Ohio State is not done. They are set for that national title showdown against Alabama a week from today. And as Dan and I discussed, and one thing I just quickly want to get to here, now that the Big Ten football season in earnest has come to an end, of course, one final game in the national title for Ohio State against Alabama a week from today but overall the Big Ten football season coming to a close this past weekend as bowl season has now wrapped up the Big Ten conference going three and one overall and the thing I want to touch on is the discourse across all of college football that the narrative that the Big Ten had a down year this season in short it hasn't 
in longer commentary, I believe the reason people are saying that is because the name brands weren't as great this year. Michigan struggled. Penn State got off to a winless 0-5 start, but did win four straight to end this year. And that resiliency truly should be commended in this weird pandemic season. And I think people point to the idea that the likes of Indiana and Northwestern having good seasons is proof that the Big Ten struggled overall. Not that those were two good football teams. But if you truly watch the games outside of the Outback Bowl, and we'll get into that tomorrow, Indiana's success, Northwestern's success, Iowa's success, all of that is a credit to them, not a discredit to the rest of the league, a credit to those great football programs. I mean, these teams, truly, when you look at the likes of Indiana and Northwestern, gave us some of the best storylines across all of college football all season. IU snapping historic losing streaks, and Tom Allen, the head coach in Bloomington, being a bright spot of positivity for everybody in a year that had so little of it. The Northwestern Wildcats becoming the fighting Reese Davises, which was so much fun as a true underdog story across all of college football. And that success should be highlighted, not diminished, because Michigan only won a few games. And my final point to drive this home is that in a year where all of college football mostly only played conference-only schedules, which the Big Ten did, the idea that certain leagues are worse than others is a very fickle argument. In a conference-only Big Ten season, when you have half the league with winning records and half the league with losing records, that would seem to make common sense, right? Half the teams did good, half the teams did bad. If it was only those teams playing and beating up on one another, that would make sense to me. So the Big Ten didn't have a bad year at all. Quite the opposite in my mind. And as Dan Hope said in that conversation, at the end of the day, the Big Ten has its best team in the national championship game, and that's all you can really ask for. So tomorrow, some more reflection on this Big Ten football season and more reason not to panic about the conference overall on our State of the Program show about those Indiana Hoosiers. So until we speak tomorrow, have a splendid Monday.